find out. Man, let me find out. Find out a witty take on life and culture with Nikki Washington. Hey, you listening. Do you provide a service or happen to have a business or are you hosting your own event? Advertise it here on Let Me Find Out, a witty take on all things life, where the listeners can find out the 411 about your service, business, or event. Not only find out about today's lifestyle and culture in a witty way, but also let others find out about the service, business, or event you're promoting. It's definitely a win-win. Contact your girl, Nikki Washington, at lmfopodcast at gmail.com for details. You still listening? Let me find out. Everybody, it's your girl Nikki Washington. Welcome to Let Me Find Out, a witty take on life and culture. We have a very special episode. I'm calling this series Relationships Unboxed. I am interviewing the brethren, the men folk, the Negroes. <laughs> Can you say that on Christian uh, podcasting? I did. Yes. So, you know. <laughs> so, well, what's up, y'all? So, I hope you enjoy the show. First, before I introduce the guest on the line, if you are new to the show, first of all, thank you as always for listening. Be sure to rate, comment, subscribe, as I always say when you do these things it helps us to be found by people who might not find us otherwise and as always i appreciate it so now that we got all the housekeeping out the way let's get right down to the nitty-gritty we are talking about relationships unboxed i am not going to read this man's bio because he's been on the show so much that he's probably like by now anyway the bishop the bishop t-h-e-e bishop antoine welcome to the show sir Yo, I am so glad to be a part of this, Nikki. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share my crazy thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> they're crazy, but they're sound. That's why yes. I invited you. So I yes. reached out to my friend a, a couple of days ago. I was like, you know what? I really think that you have something to share that we can benefit from. And without hesitation, he was down for the cause. And I so appreciate you for that. So I want to jump right into it. We're talking about um, unboxing relationships, what godly relationships looks like. So just to give people a little background so they know that you are qualified to speak on what you speak uh, on can you tell yeah. people um who you are where you're from and you, what you are as far as relationship status and how you have a um how do you say in english how do you have a leg to stand on to talk about this subject <laughs> yo well, hey everybody my name is bishop antoine jackson i'm the pastor of the equation church in st louis missouri uh i would have to say that the reason why i'm able to kind of talk to this conversation is because i had the classic it's better to marry than to burn marriage you know, so I've been in that <laughs> 11 years of my life in a marriage that didn't go the distance. And so I've been married, divorced, now uh, a single dad and have been in dating relationships um, that really have, I mean, given me just a lot of variety and experiences that I just didn't know that I would experience at this age in my life. So I feel like the reason why I'm qualified to talk about this is because I'm not talking about it from conjecture. Come I've on. been there and have done it. <laughs> I know that's right. And let the church say amen. So let's get right down to it. Um, can you tell us, let's back up a little bit. When you first uh, got married or when you first started uh, out into the whole dating lane, was your uh, perspective, first of all, was it a Christian perspective where you say? Uh, yeah, it was a Christian perspective, but I think it was built in uh, hyper-morality. It was okay. the, hey, I'm 19 years old, here's this cute girl, I'm a saved man, we can't be having sex, so the next step is to marry her. Wow. So, yeah, I, I, I felt like I was 
being a Christian, but I felt like I was doing it honestly out of fear of sin, not sure. out of, okay, I really want this relationship or this marriage to go to distance. Wow. Wow. Do you feel like you ever heard from the church a, a, um, I don't want to say accurate because I think there's some churches that are doing it right. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't want to make it about it. Like this is what church ain't doing right. Cause I do think there's, I know a bunch of holistic ministries that preach it well, but back yeah. in the day, you kind of uh, remember back to then, do you think that you were um, given accurate information from a uh, church council type of uh, position on, on what a relationship was supposed to look like according to godly measure? No, not at all. What, what I was taught was to stay away from temptation and stay away from sin. The majority of the conversation was built on us just not having premarital sex. Wow. <laughs> you ain't lying, boy. <laughs> that, that was it. It was just like, yo, don't have sex. Okay. All right. So wow. nothing about money, nothing about like intimacy, emotional health. I mean, all the stuff that we're privy to in conversations we're able to have now, they were non-existent then when I was, when I was coming up in, in the church. Okay. So in hindsight, what was, if you could remember, what was one thing that someone told you back then outside of just like, Hey, just marry so you don't burn. What was one thing that that someone told you that kind of seemed like it made sense back in the day, but as you've grown in wisdom and stature and grace, you're like, that ain't Bible. Yes. Yes. If you take care of God's house, God will take care of your house. Okay. Now (laughs) dig into that. (laughs) Okay. So really what it was, what it taught me and which was out of balance was I made the church my focus. So Mm. because I never invested in the relationship, I thought, well, as long as I was a good godly man, I was attending church, paying my tithe, then everything in my house would be covered. So I didn't really think that the relationship needed work. I just thought it all you I thought I just thought the only thing you had to do was just pray about it. Like if there was a problem in the relationship, pray about it. And if it got too big for both of you all to handle, then you called the pastor. Wow. Wow. I didn't know anything else. I really didn't. I wasn't taught anything else. When did you come to the knowledge that that was not a sound teaching? After divorce. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny, but the way you said it was funny. (laughs) after, After it didn't work. You know, okay. like right after the marriage didn't work, I really did some surveying and looking back like, man, I was really taught some stuff from a very um, with the right heart. So so understand, I understand the intention by which it was taught, but the practice, it lacked the practicality that the relationship needed for growth. Mm, that's good. That's good. So now that you are on the other side of that and you are single and you are dating and you're trying to do things the right way. What do you say to, oh, so, so now it might not just be the church giving a uh, mm-hmm. mixture of advice. Now you see it on social media. Now you see it on television and you have all these relationship goals and these optics that look like the Jay-Z and Beyonce of church and this yep. and that. And I want somebody who is, you know, I sing and, and they preach or I pray and they prophesy and that's relationship goals. Like, so some people think that, you know, there's nothing wrong if that's the driving force of your choosing, or as Judah Smith said, your picker. Like, so what would you say, um, or how do you navigate a society that gives you a different um, counsel, so to speak, as to what they think a, uh, a power couple is in church? Well, you know, for me, because I look at the concept of relationships um, as a directional thing, 
right, a ship, a place, an institution that drives the relationship, the two people to a certain path. And so because I look at relationship as a destination between two people maturing together, I, I process it very different than just this idea of plasticity or what it looks like on the outside. For me, wow. a relationship that does not have solid mission, right? Where are we going? What are we doing? Why did we choose each other? Because I'm finding that if there's no solid conversation or agreement about why we are together, other than just we're physically attracted to each other, or we met each other in times of vulnerability, I just don't see it lasting. Mm, wow, that's good. So mission, I think, is, is important to this conversation about relationships because not many people really have a clearly defined why they chose somebody. It's a choice <laughs> to be with somebody. Like, and it has to be greater than what you look like because you, there's a possibility that you won't look like that forever. Oh, absolutely. You know, so it's I, it's difficult for me um, to think that a relationship is just built on on mutual attraction without there being some grounding principle that makes the relationship, you know, valid. Right, right. So that that makes sense. So we speak to the whole the vanity of of wanting to be with somebody based on physical optics, like the way they look. What would you say mm -hmm. about, or how do you feel rather about? Um, People getting together because there's a, a commonality in ministry. Like uh, like I said, it's one of those things where, yeah, you know, she could leave worship before I preach or, oh, yeah, he could help me publish my book after I write it because he's a this, that. Like you have you have a lot of people, I kid you not, who think that that means equally yoked. Yo, man, I'm so glad you said that because that's the thing as a pastor I don't want. I do not want a lady to relate to me or this quote-unquote first lady idea because she thinks, oh, I can be a help to him, like in his ministry. <laughs> like, you don't want the first lady help? Is that not. what you're saying? That's I what? do not. I do not. Get me behind me. Uh, I can call Satan. But <laughs> I do not, like, if you don't want me for me, for who I am, not for Talk. my pulpit, not Talk. for my stage, not for... Uh, my not even for my potential, like for, for who I am. Like if you don't want to do the hard work of getting to know the kind of character I have, getting to know the way that I think, the disciplines that I have, then you could be shortchanging yourself because we all understand that ministry comes along with anointing and it comes along with God's presence that sometimes make us feel and do things that are superhuman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm a very regular person. And so if you only contextualize a relationship based on what I do, then you can be missing out on who I am. Say that again, sir. Like you can't do, don't do that to me. You know, and don't do that to yourself. It yes. needs to be that old t-shirt. I'm just saying, you miss who I am. I'm, it's yeah. so true though, because I mean, yeah. women experience it too. People get mm -hmm. gift hypnotized. I call it gift-matized. <laughs> or people look at an aesthetic. Or, you know, they, they look is. at the surface and they think that all you, they see is all there is. And yep. you miss the heart of people. And I think what happens when my, my um, ministry pivots and I'm no longer working in this office, but I'm working in another office, but you thought you was called someone who worked in that office. Come then on, what you going to do? So I just, I, I totally agree. But it's not my interview. It's yours. Anyway, like oh, I was no, saying, <laughs> like I was saying. So we know the, the whole veneer of things and how to get past it. So we know what godly relationships don't look like for the most part. Or godly, I guess. Um, 
not godly choices. So mm-hmm. can you speak to some things? What are some things that people hang their hats on that you believe are not important to God in, in relation to choosing a mate? Well, I think you talked about the equally yoked situation. And I think oftentimes we have overplayed that because we try to measure a person based on their lifestyle, based on the way they handle their money, based on the season that they're in when people could be, I call in the, in the trend of their life, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of times where we've made a lot of decisions in our immaturity that we are spending our time correcting. So what Mm. happens when you meet somebody in a space in their life where they're trending upwards? It's kind of like your credit score. You know what I'm saying? Like you, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trending, I'm trending up. Like I'm getting my life together. I'm getting my body together. I'm getting my mind together. And you know, you could, I could be a good catch at that moment, but because you have this uh, list of what I have to be at my completion before you'll date me, you'll say we'll be unequally yoked. And it's like I can't ever measure up to your list because you didn't even uh, you didn't even talk to me before you made your list. So uh, I gotta fit into your list, which is unfair. Number two, like as far as belief system, I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Son of God. That is an unbending belief system for me. But Mm -hmm. there are a lot of things that I'm sure that I believe that are different based on worldview and experience and education than a woman that I may come across that may be in a different sphere spiritually. So we may not always agree on particular biblical things. That does not make us unequally yoked. Um, Mm. So I think that too. I think in lifestyle, because I think sometimes in the church, we condemn lifestyle things like where you eat, where you drink, where you shop. And, and we'll think that because a person may be, I guess, quote unquote, to the church, worldly, <laughs> right, based on religious ways of thinking, right, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. that they'll be like, well, that person, you know, they go out too much or that person, they ain't never at church. And it's like, yo, they actually have a life outside of church. <laughs> so because you in church seven days a week don't mean that I have to be in church seven days a week. That's not unequally <laughs> you. Right, right. Because you go to every revival and every prayer meeting, and oh, and I and I have options. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm laughing because I know people who do go to every revival and every prayer yeah. meeting, like in real life. And it's like, <laughs> Jesus, you're gonna have a hard time being found because it's like it's only two point <laughs> three men in church anyway, so you don't have a hard time being found if that's the only place you you like to be seen in. <laughs> okay all right so so now that we done cut everybody up with all this so let's let's speak to the other uh end of that yeah. can you speak to so we know what what um choosing from an un i won't say ungodly but i will say a a less than god's ideal place for your life looks like what does it look like making godly choices how do we know that we're making godly choices when we're Uh, pursuing a relationship or being pursued the bible says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such there is no law i don't believe that we can never we that we can diminish the the value of seeing fruit in somebody's life Mm. if i can see the fruit of God in your life, that that would make you attractive. 
because I can see you pursuing the will of God for your life because there's a certain, I guess, aroma that comes along with the obedience to the will of God for your life. Um, so measure, uh, watching people's fruit, I think, is important. I, I think also watching the way people treat themselves because the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. And what I'm finding is I can only treat you as good as I can treat me. Oh, that's good. So because there's no real, wow. if, if there's no self-investment, then I can only expect for you to give to me what you give to yourself. So I would watch the way that person disciplines their life. How do they treat their life? Because if they are kind to themselves, they're going to be kind to you. It's natural. Mm. Mm. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm honestly leaning more toward like, you know, really watching a person's fruit, watching the way that a person loves, you know what I'm saying? Loves God and loves themselves and loves people. And then watching their discipline. Like, how do you live your life? What is the system of your life? Because that'll tell you a lot about how a person really thinks. Mm. I just feel like we need to let it breathe right there. <laughs> That's so weighty. It really is. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, huh. Do I want to ask this? Yeah, we go ahead and ask this. So, <laughs> like, how, because I'm, because I know you, I promise you, I'm going to have people in my, and I don't agree, and I think, and da, 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 and so I get all of it, but we're going to go with it. We go, it's all good. I ain't mm-hmm. never ran, I ain't picked a day to stop running, <laughs> like, I'm just saying. So, um, how can you, and I don't, cause I, I don't think there's a foolproof way. Right. But what are some things that you could tell some people to kind of like that, like those, those dark horsemen that, that kind of indicate your relationship might be on the verge of demise because it's built on something ungodly. Like, can you say what are some fruit of, of, um, are some side effects of uh, a toxic relationship? Yes. Um, I have learned that going back to the second point that I made that if there's no self-investment on that person, then you already know that that's going to be a toxic person because they're in the relationship, not from their overflow. Mm. So, so how, how are they reintroducing any information, any fun, anything back into their soul, spirituality, back into their soul that causes them to relate to you from overflow. So Mm -hmm. what I'm finding is a really, a lot of the gaps in the relationships is because people just don't self care. I know Mm. it's taboo in the church to talk about, but I just don't believe that self-care is selfish. Mm -hmm. I I agree. I just don't believe that. I believe that anybody that is healthy, because we look at the scripture, the scripture talks about things of maturity and talk about things of healthy uh, or being healthy. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, if you can see somebody that is focused on making sure that they're healthy, mind, soul, and body, that's a person that um, I think is, is quality to be with. But Conversely, if they're not focused on that, you can see that being problematic in a relationship. Um, I think selfishness. Uh, so this is the to parallel it, right? Selfishness, only caring about how the other person makes you happy. Mm. Okay, go dig deep. Okay, okay. So selfishness to me is not self care. Because that's what most oftentimes people think. Selfishness is expecting for you to treat me the way I treat me. Mm. So selfishness has is rooted in this expect is rooted in expectation. 
if I have an unspoken expectation of something that you're supposed to do for me that makes me happy and you don't do it, then I show you in my attitude, I'm not happy with you. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes the whole idea is to make sure that it's, it's kind of one-sided. So selfishness, I believe, if you see somebody that's been hurt, you know, in previous relationships and they seem to not be open in their heart, in their emotions and conversation and communication to say like really what they need, desire, want, um, or even just sharing their affection with somebody else, then I can see that being problematic because they're not really in the relationship to give. They're only in a relationship to take. Wow. So selfishness, I think, yeah, I'm not trying to be too heavy tonight. No, no, no. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good, I think these things give us uh, room and pause and it's supposed to because it it causes self-evaluation. So read, continue. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so selfishness, I believe is, is another, uh, thing that I'm seeing that is causing a lot of relationships to, to break, to break. Um, number three, belief system. I'm finding that a lot of people, um, aren't pointing upward, right? For me, if I, if I take a fish out of water, the fish dies. If I take a star out of the, the firmament, the star dies. If I take a beast off the ground, it dies. If I take God out of man, the man dies. Mm. And what I'm finding is people are detaching from their relationship with God for a pseudo relationship in churchianity. And Ooh. I believe that churchianity is wrapped, is wrapped in emotionalism. Which is causing people not to really be like mentally present in their relationships or in their relationship with God because it's all emotional behavior. Wow. So they're not really thinking, they're not cognitive. And I think in relationships, if you have somebody that can detach from their relationship with God, they'll detach from you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really so, sitting here trying to hold my amen for the sake of this recording. I promise you. Like, oh my gosh. So if you, will, if you will take, I guess, uh, uh, the easy path to, you know, relating to God, well, I know you're going to treat, you're going to take that path to me because I don't believe, I believe that God, he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us but we're all ever learning and it's a constant process and we have to constantly pray and talk to God to keep that connection. I I think if you don't see somebody doing that hard work on maintaining that relationship with God, I just don't really see that that's going to be something that's going to translate over into the relationship. That's so good. It reminds me, I was talking to one of my friends today and she is just an amazing wealth of wisdom, especially when it comes to marriage and relationships. Mm. And she was talking about uh, what made uh, her ready and how she readied herself before she got married. And you know, a lot of people tell women, do this, do that, girl, get you this. And she was like, no, Nikki, she said, I wasn't doing it, first of all, for a relationship. She said, secondly, she said, I began to work on me and my core. And she said something that was so simple, Antoine, but to me, it was so profound. She was like, you choose a core thing when you have worked on your core. She was like, I chose someone whose core was solid. She said, because I had spent the time and did the work of working on who I was. And she said, and I can honestly say, I have God's best man for my life. And wow. she been, and I know and I know her husband. So I was like, yeah, you do got God's best man for your life because y'all <laughs> are fit for each yeah. other. So to kind of lead me into our next question, how do you know 
when you are ready? How do you know your core is right and you're ready for a relationship? You know, I, 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 I'm going to say this. I don't know that I have the answer to that question. And, 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 and I'm going to say this, the reason why. I'm in a place in my life where I'm working on my health right? I'm working on my physical body. I'm working on my emotional soul. I'm working on my, my intellect. Like I'm working on, on me holistically. Right. And sure. because of being healthy, what I have found is it's difficult to be in relationships because the compatibility is, is tough to find because I'm coming across a lot of, a lot of women that aren't really they're more focused on getting into a relationship than they are their personal health <laughs> you tread so, real light I'm on that real light, okay? <laughs> you know, oh, talk about and it I'm, <laughs> and, look, and i'm just saying y'all need to push and, and i'm saying like if, if you're listening to me you are a woman you have to understand how much of an advocate i am for you because I believe y'all need to push back a little bit on a lot of this doctrine and stuff like that that's being taught to y'all, where it's almost as if you're only being talked to as if you're a wife and nothing else. Sure, like there's sure. nothing else that is good about you, that there's nothing else in this world that you can do or attain or that the, the pinnacle of your life's experience is that take on a man's last name. I don't agree with that. Absolutely if, not. You Like if that's your choice, that is your choice, but there's so much more to you than than what I think is being propagated, right, Absolutely. in relationships. Well, what is going on with me is like, okay, I love God with all my heart, my mind, and my soul, but I'm also an exposed person. I travel, I eat good, I love life. And if I only come across a woman that only does church well, but not life well, <laughs> I'm kind of like, man, you fine, but I can't, you know? <laughs> What you say, Antoine? You fine, but I can't. I can't. It's fine. Amen. Yeah, if I could, if if it was just based on what you look like and potential, yes, but I can't. I can't do that in my life. So I, 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 it's hard for me to say that. I believe that the more you work on yourself, what it does is it it teaches you what you should accept. So, so the way that I process this is in health, I can't help what I'm attracted to, but I can have a choice in what I accept. So mm. it's changing what I will accept opposed to just taking what I'm attracted to. Mm. Wow. Wow. I think on that, on that note, <laughs> let the church say amen. So in, in conclusion to this interview, because there were so many sound bites and nuggets to this thing, because the reality of it is, you're right, you can't change necessarily your natural appetite, but you can change yep. what you allow yourself to ingest spiritually. Totally agree with yeah. that. So for the women that are listening, and, and there are some men that listen. What's up, homies? For all the people that are listening who are like, okay, y'all told me, you know, basically I got to kind of reassess what I call a godly uh, connection. And, and these are some ways we can figure out what what God does approve of and what and what is just a man-made doctrine and all, all that mm -hmm. stuff, right? So what would you say to someone to encourage someone in their place of singleness? And what could you speak to those who are in relationships and their relationship just kind of blew up by virtue of listening to this podcast and they realized that they had chose the wrong way. Like, how can we really kind of like help stitch people up, not just leave people cut? Yeah, well, you know, my hope is that the truth sets you free. 
that that's really what my, my goal in this conversation was. That was very honest. matter of fact. That <laughs> be free. No, God bless. Really, from my heart. You know what I'm saying? Really, from my heart. Like I, I, I want a single person to know that the pinnacle of your life's experience is not walking down the aisle. You can have a very fruitful, fulfilling life. And if you desire to be in a relationship, you desire to be married, it's commendable and it's incredible. And and realize that it's going to require that work. But it's not a bad pursuit. It is. It, it, we can, we should desire companionship. And I, I don't believe that's it's a problem. Um, so continue to work on yourself and be the best you so that when you connect with somebody, then it's something that's fruitful. If you're in a relationship with somebody right now, you're in, in a place of, of tension. My thing is, you might not like where it is, but you can change where it's at. And it's as simple as a conversation. And it's as simple as sitting down and saying, you know, what's our mission? Can we get in realignment with each other? What's our vision? What are our goals? What do we want financially? What do we want sexually? What do we want in our lifestyle? What do we want relationally? And two people coming together masterfully to craft out a relationship, I think is the most beautiful thing in the world. So you don't have to scrap it and throw it away just because it's not where you want it to be. You do have to do the hard work to get it where you want it to be, though. That's what's up. So where can they find you if they want to uh, cut you out? No, <laughs> if you want to get it, look, the DM, the DM block game is strong. And this, this, this year. You ain't no. lying, boy. <laughs> you ain't lying. No. <laughs> but you all can find me at Antoine Jackson on all social medias, A-N-T. W-A-I-N Jackson on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and my website, AntoineJackson.org. Awesome, awesome. Well, in all sincerity, thank you so much for dropping so many jewels of wisdom. Um, and really just, it, even in the tough love or whether it's the sincerity of your heart, I really do believe that the people are going to be blessed by what you shared. I have so many different sound bites and so many different questions that I'm going to ask you <laughs> offline. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Um, this is rich word. It really was good. You need to write a book, Antoine. I'm just saying. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working just on saying. It. Oh, you are. Yeah. See, look yes, at that. Man. The prophet has spoken. Pay the prophet. I'm speak just prophet. <laughs> but anyway, thank y'all so much for tuning in. As always, you're listening to Let Me Find Out. Let me find out. Find out a witty take on life and culture with Nikki Washington.